Welcome back to the Commemorate podcast, a series dedicated to highlighting pioneers from our collective history. Some you may know, some you may not. What's important is keeping their memories alive. So, spread their stories, their achievements, and share this knowledge with your friends. In this episode, we shine a light on Mary Jane Seacole. Seacole was born on the 23rd of November 1805 in Kingston, Jamaica, as Mary Jane Grant, the daughter of British Army Lieutenant James Grant, and a free Creole only documented as Mrs. Grant. Seacole was a British Jamaican nurse, healer, and businesswoman, known as Mother Seacole, and best remembered for setting up what were referred to as British hotels. These behind-the-line sanctuaries provided convalescence for sick officers and succor for wounded servicemen with many surviving and returning to good health. While she did not have the opportunity to attend school, Seacole instead learned about medicine and care practice from her mother. Her mother, nicknamed the Doctress, ran Blundell Hall, regarded as one of the best hotels in Kingston. Her mother had developed a lot of these medical skills, learning from the illnesses that plagued slaves working on the sugar plantations. In addition, as other guests were sick and injured soldiers, Seacole and her mother took advantage of learning from the army doctors tending their patients. So advanced was their understanding that they were practicing good hygiene at least a century before Florence Nightingale wrote about its importance in Notes on Nursing. And not only that, but also the proper use of ventilation, warmth, hydration, rest, empathy, and good nutrition. In fact, given schools of nursing were only set up in Britain after the Crimean War, Seacole is often regarded as the first nurse practitioner. This difference in effective health care was echoed by one of her predecessors, Cuba Cornwallis. She was a Jamaican doctoress who nursed Horatio Nelson back to health, while many died relying on European doctors' ineffective treatments. Following this, in 1836, Seacole married Edwin Horatio Hamilton Seacole, the illegitimate son of Horatio Nelson, who'd been adopted by a local surgeon and apothecary. Despite taking over the management of Blundell Hall, disaster struck when in 1843 it burned down. While it was rebuilt, as she put it, better than before, further tragedy followed the next year when Seacole lost her mother and husband. Following this, Seacole absorbed herself in work, eventually nursing patients stricken in the 1850 cholera epidemic. In 1851, she travelled to visit her brother in Crucis. Shortly after her arrival, the town was struck by cholera. Using her experience, Seacole treated the first victim who survived and established her reputation. While the rich paid for her skills, she always treated the poor for free. Her choices of medical care, including rehydration using water boiled with cinnamon, were not always successful, but the experience taught her a lot. Unfortunately, towards the end of this epidemic, Seacole contracted the disease. The residents provided her with plenty of support as she recovered, even affectionately coming to call her their yellow doctress. Despite everything, cholera returned to Crucius in 1852 just as Ulysses S. Grant was passing through. A third of his military died, and yet they continued on to Panama City. 
The city itself was dealing with many problems arising from its climate and local disease. Nonetheless, it remained the coastal route of choice through the United States. With her strength returned, which she commented was down to the fire in her Creole blood, Seacole spotted a business opportunity opening a restaurant in a tumble-down hut, which nonetheless became known as the British Hotel. Despite all the respect Seacole garnered, it never prevented racism from being part of her journey. As recorded in 1852, one white American gave a speech which stated that if we could bleach her by any means, we would, and thus make her acceptable in any company. Seacole responded by raising a glass to the general reformation of American manners. Despite her maturity, Seacole continued to be subjected to racism, finding that when she wanted to travel home to Jamaica in 1852, the American passenger ships would not book her. The following year, she made it home only to be asked by the Jamaican medical authorities to care for the victims of a yellow fever outbreak. Sadly, due to delay in her returning home, she was too late to be of much assistance. Two years later, she returned to Panama to finalize her business affairs before moving to the site of the new Grenada Mining Gold Company. While there, Seacole read newspaper reports of the outbreak of a war against Russia that had started in 1853, becoming known as the Crimean War. She decided to travel to England and volunteer as a nurse, not least because she knew some of the soldiers being deployed, having nursed them back to health years before. The war itself lasted three years with thousands of troops deployed from many different countries. Inevitably, disease broke out almost immediately, with cholera again leading the charge. Hundreds died on the battlefields while waiting to be shipped out, and even when arriving at the hospitals due to them being unsanitary and overcrowded. Seacole attempted to join the second contingent of nurses to the Crimea, but was informed by the British War Office that she was not qualified enough. Nonetheless, she remained determined to treat those she referred to as her sons, dying from the disease and diarrhea. Even after she was turned down by the Crimea Fund, had Florence Nightingale advised her association was absolutely out of the question and noted that upon reaching out to a fellow nurse, she read in her face the fact that had there been a vacancy I should not have been chosen to fill it, she did not give up. Instead, Seacole travelled independently using her own resources with an intention to open a British hotel near Balaclava. Fortunately for her, she met up with her Caribbean acquaintance Thomas Day, who helped her acquire supplies. In 1855, she embarked on the Dutch steamer Hollander's maiden voyage to Istanbul. While calling at Malta, Seacole encountered a doctor with whom she struck up a friendship and who wrote her a letter of introduction for Nightingale. This letter found Nightingale in a more amenable mood, and now offering to help her if she could. Upon arrival, lacking building materials, Seagull gathered abandoned metal, glass doors and driftwood to build, using local labor, her hotel. It was also visited by noted French chef Alexis Soyer, who provided her with dietary advice. Seacole sold her stockpiles both as a sutler and at the hotel which covered everything from a needle to an anchor, to army officers and sightseers. While cooking herself during spare moments, she employed two black cooks who prepared all the meals. Her relentless care earned her the name Mother Seacole from the British Army. 
Being an astute businesswoman, Seacole also provided catering for spectators at the battles, but she never stopped attending to wounded troops under fire. As one British medical officer recorded in their memoir, Seacole did more than carry tea to the suffering soldiers. She often carried bandages to tend to the wounds. In fact, Seacole was one of the last to leave Crimea, returning to England poorer than she left it, and in poor health. However, grateful service personnel raised money for her with around 80,000, including royalty, attending a four-day fundraiser in 1857 entitled the Seacole Fund Grand Military Festival. Sadly, as the festival organizers themselves were in financial difficulties, she only received a quarter of the profits due to her, a paltry 57 pounds. Fortunately, many senior dignitaries supported a fund with, in the same year, her being granted a certificate discharging her from bankruptcy. Seacole then returned to Jamaica in 1860 a prominent figure, yet only seven years later was running low on money. The fund was resurrected, with new patrons including the Prince of Wales and many other senior military officers. By 1870 she was back in London, possibly due to her desire to provide medical aid in the Franco-Prussian War. This did not prevent Nightingale from writing a letter insinuating that Seacole had kept a bad house in Crimea filled with improper conduct. After her death on the 14th of May 1881, Seacole was largely forgotten for almost a century and sadly continues to be the subject of much racist contempt, as noted by many notable historians. Even to this day, she is dismissed as only providing tea and lemonade, not saving lives. Despite this, her autobiography, The Wonderful Adventures of Mrs. Seacole in Many Lands from 1857, is not only the first from a black British woman, but highly regarded, providing a fascinating insight into her experiences and the care she gave. In fact, she has been fondly remembered in Jamaica, where the General Trained Nurses Association headquarters was christened Mary Seacole House in 1954. Further British buildings and organizations now commemorate her, such as the Mary Seacole Center for Nursing Practice at Thames Valley University, not to mention a blue plaque has been mounted in Soho Square. In 1991, Seacole was posthumously awarded the Jamaican Order of Merit. Later, in 2004, she was voted the greatest black Briton. This vote followed after the first poll for greatest Briton only included white people. She placed ahead of such greats as Mary Prince, Shirley Bassey, and Courtney Pine. During her career, Seacole displayed compassion, skills, and bravery while nursing soldiers. So it's shocking that in 2013, Operation Black Vote had to launch a successful petition to request that she was kept in the national curriculum only six years after she'd been added. Given all Seacole did, it is saddening to note that a statue of her, erected in 2016 at St. Thomas Hospital, London, describing her as a pioneer, generated opposition from Nightingale enthusiasts. Despite this, the words from journalist Thomas Russell, written in 1857, are etched below. I trust that England will not forget one who nursed her sick, who sought out her wounded to aid and succour them, and who performed the last offices for some of her illustrious dead. And so, in closing, we commemorate Mary Seacole. 
Thank you for listening. The Commemorate Podcast. Read by Adam Roach. Written by Andy Case. Edited by Tom Austin Morgan. Follow us on Twitter at CommemoratePod1. And don't forget, five-star reviews will help keep these histories alive. Thank you.